Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Hello, friends. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Have you ever wondered if Jenny's head really did fall off when they removed the green ribbon? Or if aliens are hiding in the tails of comets waiting to take us away? Or if there's any scientific basis to the Ouija board? Well, then don't risk your search history and join us each Thursday as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. New episodes are released every Thursday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. More information about the show, including show notes and links to our social media, can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com. Keep it strange, lovelies. beyond belief <laughs> hello everyone if you have a beyond belief podcast consider making that your your opening song yeah i offer that to you free of charge you're welcome <laughs> hello hello Beanie wong and other listeners we're so happy you tuned in for our holiday special this is perhaps it's you an unofficial unsolved mysteries rewatch podcast i'm samantha i'm liz and we aren't talking about unsolved mysteries today no we're not can anyone guess what we are talking about possibly by the title of this episode i'll give you a second to think about it follow la la beyond belief <laughs> I, that's right it's another beyond belief episode thanks for tuning in jonathan frakes uh we decided we would <laughs> do you. an episode about the best show you've ever made uh beyond belief <laughs> factor fiction if you are not familiar with this program it used to be on fox it was my brother's absolute favorite thing in the whole world that is a show i don't know maybe sort of like a really bad twilight zone or i can't even really think of another parallel what else could you compare those to it's really stands on its own <laughs> yeah where they show you multiple stories and you're supposed to guess if they are fact or fiction so we have watched an episode and we don't know yet. We if don't know true or false. So if you much like an optical illusion, if you want to join in on the fun, pause this episode right now. Go. I, can you even watch it anywhere besides Amazon Prime? Uh, you might be able to find it on YouTube. I'm not sure. We watched on Amazon Prime and it is season three, episode six. Yes, that sounds right. And recommended yeah. it up to us by listener Josh. Thank you so much. If you're going to play along, you will watch right up until the point where Jonathan Frakes tells you the if it's fact or fiction, and then you can come back to this podcast. Yeah. But first, do we have any updates? We got some cool mail. I think we need to thank listener some fan snail mail. Kylie for sending us the most amazing earrings. Yeah, we so, got like an earling, earring treasure trove. Kylie follows us on Twitter and just opened up an Etsy shop called Feminist Rage Crafts. This is a really good name. That's I absolutely solid. adore. Thank you so much. Kylie sent us some earrings that have aliens on them. 
which I'm wearing right now because it matches my alien Christmas sweater. It's a quite a look. That I'm wearing at the moment. And then these ca- the cackling has to stop stickers. I'm assuming Kylie doesn't sell those, but you have our permission to start selling them. I didn't see, uh, the, I think the alien ones were made just for us. So that makes me feel very special. And then uh, Kylie also included some boob earrings. They're abstract. They are abstract boob earrings. And I think that's pretty amazing. So check out Feminist Rage Crafts on Etsy. Uh, for some pretty cool shit. Yeah, this is very generous. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, we're probably gonna have a few weeks off after this episode airs because <sighs> of the holidays. God. So just so you know, um, that is coming up. You will get a Patreon episode soon, though. And if you that's right, BD Wong. It's about BD Wong. Enjoy that in the X Files. We sure did. Um. But I Do you think BD Wong looks better now or then? I say now. I was just about to say now. 100%. It's nice to see baby-faced BD Wong, but I BD think he's Wong really aged into this has always looked grace. amazing, but definitely better better with time. Yeah, and a much better haircut now also. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> but that's probably true for most of us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was really trying to do a scully haircut at this time. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Of course. Do you want to try one of these gummies? Liz, I just opened my Christmas list gift from Liz, and I got these sour cherry gummies. Yeah, I got these at H Mart. And they're delicious. I know you like a cherry candy, unlike the rest of the world. This is snack time. The chewy outside jelly on the inside, and they're delicious. And it claims they have vitamin C, so they're pretty healthy. I think this is pretty much fruit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like fruit picked from a tree. So good. Okay, I'll try one. Samantha got me some mustache peppermints at the giant candy store. At, the, at Minnesota's largest candy store, they had a little tin that has an eye, a heart, and then a picture of a mustache. And then underneath it just says peppermints. peppermints. <laughs> really randomly. <laughs> Finally, for the fan of a peppermint and a mustache. I do give them maybe only three out of five Robert's X, though, because the peppermints aren't shaped like mustaches. Yeah, it's just random. But All right, I'm going to try this now. Oh, I like that. Isn't it good? No, it's, it's really like good. It's the perfect amount of sour. Yeah. Which is really, really tasty. I like these a lot. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go through these really quick and need to go get more. Okay. Fa la la beyond belief. All right, should we jump into this mm-hmm. episode of Beyond mm-hmm. Belief? Mm-hmm. Uh, is wild. Yeah, Josh, this was a quality recommendation. We've joked about, because we've requested recommendations for Beyond Belief episodes, and we've been kind of, we kind of joke about it, like who has a favorite episode of Beyond Belief? This one, quality, yeah. quality. Okay, so we're opening, guess what? Optical illusion. <laughs> Did you know that sometimes things aren't exactly as they seem? We get fancy with this optical illusion, though. You can look at something and then look at it a whole new way. <laughs> so Jonathan Frakes has a white vase, and it is in front of a black background. And he says, a simple white vase against a simple black background? But is it really that simple nothing ever is jonathan frick and then it points out that thing that you're already aware of that sometimes the outline of a vase if you draw it a very specific way (laughs) can also look like two profiles in this case like two george washington's about to kiss (laughs) it really does take a look (laughs) and then he spins it and you're supposed to look like they're talking 100 percent does not look like they're talking it looks like a spinning vase yes (laughs) That's not very regularly made. No. So, no. Feast on that. Yeah. 
And then he starts talking about auto racing. Yeah. Just like randomly. And he's by this very old looking console. And he's talking about like, technology moves so fast these days. My note is, ooh, buttons. <laughs> like it's supposed to be very fancy. Yeah. He's like, this now out of date console is used for race car driving, which I had no idea that stuff like this was involved in race car driving, actually. No clue. I just thought people drove cars. But uh, apparently there's like ways you can monitor the performance of the vehicle. Sure. I guess, I guess that makes sense, but I've never spent that much time never about thought it. about it ever because it seemed like the dumbest sport, honestly. Never watched. Just driving in a circle. Yeah, no. Thanks. Okay. So this is about a guy who's apparently named Chipper Dunn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And he loses a race, and he's like, I have to win. I'm a champion. He's very upset about losing that race. So he has to find out what's wrong with his car, and the mechanic guy is like, you need to lay off a little bit. You're, you're, you're pushing too hard. And he's like, you don't win by laying off. What did you think of the mechanic's dirty mustache? I thought it was gross. <laughs> I didn't even draw it. It's pretty... It just looks dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the the mechanic then warns him that he lost both his dad and his grandfather to the track. And I lost I, them to the track. And I was kind of like, maybe you should work somewhere else. Yeah, maybe. It seems really traumatic. And then Mac was like, it's all he knows. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I would not want to work at the place where my dad died. And your grandfather? Yeah. Uh, d- yeah, no. No, thanks. I mean, I guess he's not driving a car, but still. But Chipper doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't at all. About what his mechanic and dear friend thinks. Yeah, he's like, I loved him, but I loved winning more. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm like, okay, some things are important in life, but like, the le- other people, I mean, okay. I was kind okay, of, Chipper. I was kind of hoping they would start a, like... A romance. Ooh, that would be a plot twist. But that didn't happen. But just the way he was like, I loved him. But I think you're supposed to think he loved him kind of like a dad. I think so. Not as like a hot <laughs> lover. But he doesn't love him as much as he loves winning. Well, this guy's got his priorities warped. And then he thinks, I didn't know it then, but I was about to take the ride of my life. Oh, yeah. I think they had to, by law, include that ride. So he decides to take the car on the track to test it and see what's wrong with it. And he says to the mechanic, basically, like, I pay you so this stuff doesn't happen. And the mechanic's just like, do you want to fire me? And he's like, no. Because <laughs> he, he loves them, you know? Yeah. But he's kind of right. The mechanic did kind of fall fall down on the job. Well, the car didn't go fast enough. Yeah. So that's how cars work. They also are communicating via headset, but it keeps, like going in and out it's not working very well yeah this just like console the console thing at the beginning is what the mechanic is and his like i don't know other people on, on the staff are sitting in front of while he's racing this car around the track alone i assume this was going to be during a race but he's just on no. the track alone i think they could only afford to get one race car makes sense because the footage we see at the very beginning of him losing the race is clearly just file footage yeah. and it's grainy and it's not shot with the same cameras as the rest of the it's a really good show point. so they were like look we can rent this track and one car for one hour and we've got to make these shots count <laughs> but they're communicating via a headset that keeps like cutting in there's like static or something yeah so the mechanic will try to tell him important things like the car is overheating or that it starts to have a fuel leak but he can't hear him over the radio chipper is also like 
pushing the car as hard as he can for... He's like, like I gotta see how fast she can go. Which I didn't quite understand. Because they can kind of communicate. And he has at some point been like, okay, that's enough. And he's like, no, no, I've got a need for speed. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and we're like, Chipper, you're a dumbass. <laughs> but what suddenly happens... I did not see this coming. Neither did I. He is an old man in like an old time race car. With like a, a, literally a scarf around his neck. scarf and, and goggles. Big goggles. It's like something from a cartoon. <laughs> it's not like a race car I've ever actually seen in real life. It's like something from a Bugs Bunny cartoon. We see it out through his window. So it's as if we're chipper and we look at, we're looking out the, car, the window like, of his race car and this, this old car just suddenly speed. This like old ghost car. Just pops into view. I laughed out loud. It's a very Scooby-Doo moment. Yeah. <laughs> For a live action show. This is like a Bugs Bunny moment. Yeah. And then he's like, what was that? Who else is on the track? And the mechanic is just like, you're insane. (laughs) You clearly have heat stroke. Uh, There's no one else out there. Also, slow the fuck down. Also, you have a fuel leak and you need to stop and your car is going to explode. And he's like, whatever. I'm chipper done. (laughs) And I get things done. And... (laughs) say that but he should have because the only thing that stops him is that the old-timing car suddenly pulls out in front of him so chip has to spin the car to a crazy stop to not hit him Mm -hmm. and then he gets out and he's saying to the mechanic did you see that did you see that other car and the mechanic's like no you're the only person here i told you and then ba-boom the car explodes explodes into a fireball a which i'm fireball. sure is how fuel leaks work maybe yeah. i don't know if i don't know shit about race cars <laughs> yeah sure that might be the most accurate thing this whole episode and he's like wow if i had been in that car i would have died and been a charred up skeleton thank goodness for that old ghost car and the mechanic's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you had that Bugatti with a number one on it. Didn't you see it? And he's like, oh, my grandpapa used to drive a Bugatti with a number one on it. He died 70 years ago. Ooh, spooky. So that ghost car saved his life. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Does, uh, does Beyond Belief just recycle these stories? <laughs> kind of. Where a like ghost it. saves someone's life and it's like... They come up with different scenarios. Wasn't it an airplane the last time we did this? Yes. It's like the same story. <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> and I think they had the money to set one airplane on fire. <laughs> and in this case, they had the money to blow up one car. Um, yeah, so he's he's saved. What I, I was wondering is like, so this guy seems, the mechanic seems kind of traumatized that his grandfather died on the track. Except that that happened 70 years ago. And I was like, so you didn't even know your grandfather. <laughs> no. Because you're not 70 years old no so it's kind of remarkable you even know what kind of car you drove because you never met the man you know what stories were passed down from generation to generation it's generational trauma i guess i guess so that's the story the ghost i forgot to write down what the little story was called but it was something about a ghostly race car driver oh yeah do we think they're gonna say i mean obviously the story's true of course <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't dare question it. But will the producers of Beyond Belief claim <laughs> it is fact or fiction? I think it's fiction only because this is like the same exact story, except it's a race car instead of an airplane, as the yeah. last time we did this. It's so true. So I really think this one is <laughs> it's fiction. It's very true. However, they, they say whatever the fuck. I think these are all made up, so they may say it's fact. Actually, this one is less realistic 
than the airplane story because in the airplane story the airplane just flew oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't actually see a ghost like flying an airplane and waving at him which, and wearing a scarf <laughs> a ghost Blowing scarf <laughs> which is what happened in this episode so what do you think do you think it's, it's I, fiction it, it better fucking be fiction <laughs> We say this every time. This better be fiction. <laughs> better be fiction. I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> All right, now for the number two. All right, I forgot to write down the name of this little I story don't too. Either. These little vignettes have names, and I keep forgetting what they are. They're, they're adorable short stories. Yeah. You could tell around a fire. Oh yeah. At a at, at a campsite, and then people would go, "Wow, that story sucked." <laughs> Does someone have a better story? <laughs> All right, Jonathan Frake steps out of the shadows to stand beside an ugly wedding dress. Yeah, it's real. It's very 90s, and it's yes. real bad. And it has, like, these flower appliques on it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at least it has sleeves. I'll give it that. But it's... It's oof. something. It's like an off-white... I don't know. It's something... It has a very, like, Laura Ashley vibe. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if it, does. it was by her, but she would have loved it. The lighting on the top of the mannequin makes it look like the dress has, like, a pink top, and it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's just a normal ugly wedding dress. <laughs> so, he says that many wedding dresses are handed down from generation to generation. So that other people could go, wow, this is really old, and I do not want to wear this. <laughs> I would not be caught dead in this, Grandma. Thanks. Yeah, no. Uh, he says that few things can bring sisters together or tear them apart like a wedding. Oh my goodness. So true. Uh, I don't have any sisters, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never experienced being torn apart by a wedding, but I suppose it's happened. Because you wanted your your sister's wedding dress so bad. Yes. This hideous dress. I needed it. Yeah, well. Alright. Camille Pratt is apparently wearing this hideous dress to her <laughs> wedding ceremony. Which, I, it doesn't seem like they were skimping on expense, so it was just a poor choice. I guess. But her... But it is a dress that her sister Rhoda loves. What's more, Camille is marrying Kevin Blair, a man her sister also loves. <gasps> I know. Scandal. I know. Drama. Intrigue. And then Jonathan Frank says something borrowed, something blue, something deadly. I, he had to. Of course. He that was, was required by law yeah, also. it was. The reenactment opens with a greeting line at a wedding. A bride and groom are shaking hands with their guests. The bride is beaming, but next to her is a scowling woman. Who doesn't look a thing like her? Nothing. They are clearly not sisters. Absolutely not. Uh, we learned that they are sisters, Camille and Rhoda. Camille and her sister never got along. Friends would joke that they couldn't have come from the same family because everyone considered Camille a, quote, saint. And then her sister Rhoda was born what Jonathan Franks <laughs> calls a bad seed. <laughs> Well, no wonder she's bitter if everybody thinks of her as the bad seed. <laughs> okay. No it's like, your sister's a saint. Why are you such a horrible bitch? I loved the actress that played Rhoda. She got really into this So role. into it. She has that scowl just down there. She's pat. just like, I'm just at this wedding to scowl and kind of look like an extra from Mars Attack because her <laughs> hair choice is yeah. very odd. And she's just like, I'm just here to hate everyone, but mostly the bride. Oh, yeah. I kind of would like to hate go to a wedding. This kind of seems amazing. It's like a hate watch of TV, but you're yeah. just there to be like... But you're at the wedding. Fuck you and fuck your future. <laughs> I hope this goes terribly. So the wedding is between Camille and a man named Kevin. Jonathan Franks tells us that Rhoda has always been jealous of her sister, and now she couldn't bear to see Camille marry a man, a man that she once wanted for her own. 
And then, but she's like, but he never wanted you. He only wanted me. Yes. We get a close up of uh, Rhoda ripping off her corsage and then quiet, dramatic music plays. And then Camille approaches Rhoda and says how happy she is that Rhoda came to her wedding and that she hopes they can finally be friends. Rhoda is cold as ice, telling Camille that they will never be friends. <laughs> That's so. And it's like literally <laughs> in the reception line of her wedding. We'll never be friends. She says that she is the one who should be wearing that dress, not Camille. That hideous dress belongs to me and me alone. (laughs) Camille accuses Rhoda of only wanting Kevin because she has him. Oh, sounds true. Because I don't see anything so great about Kevin. Yeah, not really. He doesn't seem that special. All right. Kevin comes over and he and Camille share a long kiss while Rhoda stares daggers at them and dark (laughs) ominous music plays. And it's very close to her, too. (laughs) He's like, hey, honey, we just got married. Let's make out in your sister's face. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a traditional wedding custom. If you're not from the States, it's something that you'll see in most American weddings. (laughs) Making out in siblings' faces. Yeah. I'm going to try to get that started. (laughs) (laughs) Can we have a new wedding trend for 2020? (laughs) Just get up on someone's grill and make out. All right. The couple leave to go cut the cake. (laughs) It's normal. In the next three years, Camille and Kevin enjoy a happy marriage. They have three kids in as many years, but then tragedy strikes. (sighs) That doesn't sound so good to me, but whatever. She was happy with it. I guess. Camille contracts a rare blood disease while on, quote, vacation <laughs> in the tropics. I literally wrote down, quote, the tropics, ha 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 ha. Because apparently this is taking place in the, the 40s and no one told me. Who is using the phrase the tropics? Ooh, tropical diseases, scary. <laughs> Does she even know where the fuck she went? She's like, the tropics. It, it was very humid. <laughs> That's all she can remember. I'm like, oh, I guess it was the tropics. <laughs> Doctors are unable to control her infection, and reenactment Camille ages 50 years. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she gets that, like, white hairspray that people use in high school plays to play old people, and she sprays that into her eyebrows and hair. <laughs> Mostly that brows, though. Jonathan Frank says that she has very little time left. Well, she shouldn't have gone to the tropics. Lesson learned. (laughs) I guess. Never go anywhere. And then, despite hating each other, Rhoda comes over and enters Camille's sick room. The sisters have a standoff in which Camille tells Rhoda that she knows what she's trying to do and to leave her family alone. She's like, I know you're just here to swoop in after I die and take my husband and kids. And she's like, oh, I'm just here to be the good sister you always wanted. And she's like, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm dying. I don't believe you. Back off, bitch. I wish that's what they would just shouted that. Yeah. Rhoda says, just rest, Camille. Kevin and the children will be in good hands. Oh. Uh, and then she leaves. Ice cold. And then Camille dies. <laughs> <laughs> Shortly after Rhoda's visit, she passes away. Her last wish was to be buried in her beautiful wedding gown. Does anybody request that? No, that's fucking weird as hell. <laughs> it's like... I guess. I mean, your wedding is your important day, but... Look, she spent a lot on that dress, and she's getting well, that money's worth. I mean, that's, that is fair. I do not fit into my wedding dress, so good luck getting <laughs> my corpse into that thing. <laughs> um, Let's see. Oh, Jonathan Frank says that Rhoda has other ideas. She does. So, in what looks- Scowling, <laughs> glaring, yeah, moping. It's pretty much all she does. 
being a huge bitch. That's on her to do this every day. Being a huge bitch. (laughs) She checks it off at the end of the day. (laughs) Be a huge bitch. Done. Good for me. (laughs) Mission accomplished. I've been so productive. (laughs) I'm going to start putting that on my to-do list. Be a huge bitch. And at the end of the day, I'm like, like, was I really a huge bitch, though? (laughs) Or was I just an average bitch? (laughs) Damn it. I'll just push that one into tomorrow. Yeah. You gotta be flexible. Yeah. All right. And what looks like the funeral or visitation or something, Rhoda asks to be left alone with her sister. (laughs) To fucking steal a dress off her corpse. Once alone with her, she removes the dress. I have a question mark after that. Dorothy Frick says that she switched it. So not only did she, like, pull the dress off this corpse that's in a casket, but then she put a different dress on her. I'm pretty sure they cut the back of the clothes to put bodies in it. Yeah, you would think. Maybe not, but I think they do. It's just so it looks okay from the top. Yeah, you, you don't, don't need to see the back. Yeah. I don't know. The reenactment of her trying to, like, shimmy the dress off <laughs> with, like, the corpse still in the casket. And not unzipping anything? No, she's just, like, yanking on it. And she's, like, at her head, like, pulling on There's no way that's gonna smell good. No! Or... How long did that take? Are these sisters exactly the same size? Apparently. They're not. I don't know. They don't look alike. I don't know, but it gets weirder. After <laughs> after Camille's death, Rhoda, quote, practically moves in with Kevin and the children. There's this a- is a sign to me that Kevin is not a great catch, is that... His wife dies, and his her evil sister is suddenly around all the time, and he's like, well, I didn't want to cook, so this is fine. Yeah, the, the, the scene is she's, like, making a cake, and she lets him lick the spoon. She is making frosting that seriously looks like red Play-Doh. It looks <laughs> disgusting. And he comes in and says, like, mm, something smells great. And I was like, frosting? <laughs> but I guess the cake is in the oven. Oh, well, yeah. But that frosting looks terrible. atrocious. It looks terrible. Yeah, Ke- I thought you would like to lick the spoon and then make out with me, <laughs> your dead wife's evil sister. And Rhoda says, Kevin, it's been six months. What the kids need is a full-time mom, and what you need is a full-time wife. I don't even know what that means, a full-time wife. I think it's wife. supposed to be sexy, because then they proceed to make out. It's been six, like, six months is a long time after your yeah. wife dies. <laughs> of, of a sudden tropical <laughs> disease. <laughs> He's like, look, I swear this guy just does not want to vacuum or cook. So That's he's like, true. he's like, whatever. All fine. Right, I guess I do need a wife. Rhoda tells No one else wants to make out with me, so you'll do. And Rhoda tells Kevin that Camille and her had an agreement that her and Kevin should be together. Yeah, she's like, we didn't agree on much, but the one thing we agreed on was this. And I... No. That I should just take my husband as if he's like a knickknack? You get my husband in after my death. <laughs> that he gets no say in that. And also, if this guy knew his wife at all, he would be like, no, she fucking hated you. There's no way she agreed to that. But he's just like... Apparently he's clueless. He's just like... We see how clueless he is I'm later. sorry, this house doesn't dust itself? God damn, I need a full-time wife. <laughs> So Rhoda and Kevin are married, and she decides to wear the same wedding dress that she took off her dead sister's body. <laughs> Which everybody saw at the visitation, by the way. Or at their wedding, probably. It was three 
years ago. It was two, four years ago. But like six months earlier, everybody just saw this in a casket. <laughs> and now it's on her body. And nobody's going, uh, hun, isn't that your dead sister's dress that she was supposedly literally buried in? <laughs> and she's like, oh no, I just got the same one. Yeah, it's uh, kind of bizarre. Bleh, 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 bleh. Let's get this wedding over with. <laughs> the ceremony was outside in August on the hottest day of the year. <laughs> Rhoda is sweating profusely and panting, and everyone just continues the ceremony despite the fact that the bride is noticeably suffering and clearly about to pass out. <laughs> and Kevin is just whispering to her like during their own ceremony? She gets up to the altar and he thinks that's a good time to be like, that dress looks familiar. I mean, I guess... Wasn't he- that my ex... My dead wife's dress? <laughs> well, we're supposed to go... He's a man. He doesn't know dresses. Even dresses <laughs> that have distinctive flower appliques on them. That his bride wore four years ago. It was buried in! <laughs> he cried over her casket and saw this dress. And he's just like, Hey, uh, I know I'm supposed to tell you you're a beautiful bride, but you are sweating a lot. And also, that looks like a dead woman's dress. <laughs> Rona tells him that it's a coincidence. But she also was like, oh, huh. Like, she wouldn't know. Like, she wasn't at her sister's wedding, which she was. <laughs> or at her funeral. Or at the funeral, which she was. <laughs> or that she didn't shimmy that corpse right out of that dress, which we know she did. So then Kevin notices a smell coming from the dress and asks Rhoda if she wants to stop the wedding because she looks like she's about to fall over. And also, he's probably like, I don't know that I want to go through this wedding. You smell real bad. (laughs) You kind of smell like a corpse, Rhoda. She tells him it's her perfume. Oh, it's just my usual perfume. Uh Uh-huh. Does your Eau de Corpse. Eau de Corpse. That needs to be a coloring sheet. This is a perfume bottle called Eau de Corps. Everyone in France is wearing this. It's very trendy. Anyway, she says absolutely not. But then just as the minister says, till death do you part, she falls over and dies. So are they married when she dies? They never kissed. I don't think that's legally how weddings work. You have to kiss at the end. Yeah. Well, it's if they sign. They don't sign the certificate till afterwards. Usually. Oh, that's true. So probably they're not. So probably married. they're not. Um, the coroner determined that her death was caused by a combination of extreme heat and an allergic reaction to embalming fluid. No. That's it. Obviously, you're supposed to think that her sister's ghost, like. Killed her. her. Yes. Because at the very beginning, Jonathan Frank says that this this is a a case of murder. And you obviously think that Rhoda kills Camille, but that's not what happens. Camille kills Rhoda from the grave. (laughs) With with allergies. (laughs) A powerful weapon to be used against anyone. Okay, do you think this is fact or fiction? Oh my god. I think they're gonna... better be fiction. This better fucking be fiction. But I think they're gonna claim it's fact. I bet they found someone who died on their wedding of heat stroke, and that'll be enough uh, yeah, yeah. to claim that that one's real. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, now we go on to one that's very real. <laughs> <laughs> it's so real. It starts with Jonathan Frakes talking about the moon. Uh-huh. That man has walked on its surface, but much of it still remains a mystery. Yeah, we've only been there once. <laughs> uh, that we've mapped its craters, but do we really know? Do we? Everything about the moon. What powers it holds. The source of the words lunacy and lunatic. Oh. 
Oh my goodness. Oh, seems so kind now- of ableist, Jonathan Frakes, but okay. <laughs> Look, he just reads the lines. Well, that's true. He doesn't write that <laughs> He doesn't shit. write it. He, he showed up, cashed that check, and went home. <laughs> so now we meet a man who fears the moon. Oh. Why does he fear the moon, Liz? <laughs> oh, it's because he's a werewolf. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? No, he's a werewolf. I'm sorry, he's he is a werewolf? Yeah, he's a history professor. Oh, okay. And he went to Romania. <laughs> that made become a werewolf. Apparently. <laughs> and we see him get attacked under the full moon. So he is in the loony bin. Wait, okay, I don't know much about werewolf lore, but is it like... <laughs> Is it like zo- like a zombie? Like you get bit by a werewolf, you become a werewolf? I think so. Is that how it works? I don't really know. I don't know shit about werewolves. Where's my mom right now? I was just going to say, has your mom read a werewolf romance? <laughs> I know for Multiple. a fact. <laughs> she's read like a hundred of them. Okay. And that was years ago. So it's probably more <laughs> now. My mom has read so many werewolf romance novels that I, when she told me this, I started laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> And the people next to us having tea just threw down money on the table and left. <laughs> because I was laughing so hard. That's how many werewolf... She knows a ton about the lore. Oh, we're going to have to ask her and we'll report back. But anyway, so this guy, I didn't even write down his name. He is the most average looking dude and he has a mustache. I drew right here. That's kind of spiky. I call that the classic. It literally just looks like a mustache. Okay. There's nothing distinctive about it, it at all. It does sort of look like the mustache on your peppermint tin. Yeah. Very basic. So he is in the loony bin, and a new doctor comes to talk to him, and he's explaining in the most casual voice you've ever heard, <laughs> so doc, I'm a werewolf. I'm sorry, you're what? I'm a werewolf. See what happened is, I went to Romania. <laughs> Nuff said. <laughs> you're, you're, you think you're a werewolf? Uh, no. I'm a legit werewolf. I was in Romania. I saw a full moon, and then I was reta- attacked, as seen in this horrible reenactment. <laughs> you were attacked by a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry, what point of my story was not clear? <laughs> He's so casual about this. It's like he was telling this man what he had for breakfast. He's like, so... I'm a werewolf, and... <laughs> you know how you become a werewolf when you go on vacation in Romania? <laughs> yeah. Tell That's us what happened to me. Time. That's what happened to me. And the doctor's just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's like, so when was the next time you remember turning into a werewolf? And he's like, oh, yeah, funny story. So I was uh, at the school where I'm a professor, and I was walking to class, and I remember looking up and seeing the full moon. I started to howl uncontrollably, (laughs) scaring many students. The next thing I knew, I woke up in jail for assault and battery. Oh, yeah. So he blacked out. Yeah, he can't remember. Okay. That's also part of the werewolf floor, though. Okay, okay. okay. You, don't, you don't remember what you do as a werewolf. You come back and as a human and you're like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> sure. Uh, we learned that he, due to his multiple arrests for being a werewolf, he's eventually <laughs> fired. That's against the law. Yeah. yeah. I mean... You're under arrest for being a werewolf. It's one of those old laws that's, like, still on the books, and they mm-hmm. have overturned it. Like, it's illegal to have a whale in Kansas or it's whatever. It's a little discriminatory to be arrested just for being a werewolf. I mean, this guy chose to go to Romania. <laughs> That was his choice. He knew what what he knew what he was getting himself into. And what was he wearing? 
Have we thought about that? Maybe he was just asking to be turned into a werewolf. A werewolf saw him and he was like, look at that stash. (laughs) That guy would make a great werewolf. What's funny to me is this guy is like not burly or hairy. It's just like an accountant. Or just like a normal guy. And he's just like, also a werewolf. Hey, Doc, I'm a werewolf. Look, it could happen to anybody. That's true. This is you could go to the tropics and get a disease. <laughs> you could go to Romania and become a werewolf. This, is re- this, this show is very anti-travel. Okay. So after being fired for Professor due to his numerous assault and battery arrests, which, I mean, yes, that's probably going to happen, he, he moved to New York, where he started working at the library in order to have access to rare manuscripts. Does that have to do with being a werewolf? Yeah, because he wanted to learn about oh, werewolf things. Got it. This is before the internet. And then the doctor was like, all right, but what do you want me to do? <laughs> Which I'm sure is like how you would counsel someone who wanted to be a werewolf. Sure. Or thought well, they were a werewolf. Yeah. You would just be like, why is this my problem? <laughs> uh, man, uh, doctor, this man clearly needs help. Maybe you should help him. Like, all right, so you're a werewolf. What the fuck do you want me to do about it? <laughs> And he says, I want you to keep me alive. Well, he's got, there's a really big problem that werewolves have. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't know about this. Which is that during an eclipse of the moon, they apparently die. Werewolves die. We need to, we have a lot of fact checking we need to do with your mom. So, while working at the library, he was able to get this rare book from Romania because he was looking for his werewolf facts Mm -hmm. and in the book he learned this thing about the eclipse and i have a lot of questions (laughs) because lunar eclipses are not that rare and also you like they don't not the whole world sees a lunar eclipse at the one same time it's not like the solar eclipse i don't understand this whatsoever so i was like okay lunar eclipses are not that rare wouldn't there just be no more werewolves (laughs) how is there there is a, he tells us that there's a way he can be there saved. Is, if he's not exposed a, to the eclipse, he will not die. There's a loophole. I don't really understand what you're exposed to. The light. Like, the light of the moon not being the there. Case, right? There is no light. That's why I'm confused. <laughs> you're exposed to the absence of do light. They, but do they die during a new moon? Oh my god. How is that any different? There's it seems like the lack of moon I'm sorry, is what Samantha, kills them. Did you not understand the word eclipse? Okay, okay, okay. You're right. You're right. It's I'm very sorry. dramatic. I'm sorry. All right. Can I continue, please? <laughs> this very true story. <laughs> this is clearly fact. So what? What this man wants is the doctor to get him moved to a windowless room, so he will not be exposed to the lack of moonlight. <laughs> okay. Which you might think is the day, but no. Or wouldn't it be the same though if you're in a I don't understand this whatsoever. If he doesn't see the eclipse, he'll be fine. Okay. Let's go with that. Got it. So then the doctor goes to the director of the loony bin and says that he wants to move this patient because his delusions are so deep that he may hurt himself Mm -hmm. thinking he's a werewolf. And the director's like, absolutely not. I'm not going to reinforce this guy's delusions that'll just make him worse he said he can't give in to every demand that any patient ever makes you know what it seemed pretty valid i'm sure they probably do make a lot of demands and you probably can't yeah acquiesce to all of them yeah i would be demanding all kinds of stuff sure where's my all nutella breakfast i'd say every day (laughs) and i go we just can't give in to this anymore liz quiet down so, for some reason, that means the doctor has to go tell him he can't move him to a windowless room instead of just, like, not doing it. 
And apparently he has to go in the middle of the night. Yeah. And for it being an eclipse, there is so much moonlight. Whoa. Streaming through this window. You would not believe how bright that moon is. <laughs> as bright as day with moonlight. <laughs> or how, what a great vantage point this guy always has of the moon as if it's not indifferent you know <laughs> no it's shining through only this window only this window all night long it doesn't you know no, that's how the moon turn works. with the earth okay it's moon it's moon it's the mysterious moon we know so little of its mysteries <laughs> uh so the doctor offers to stay with him which i think is very nice yeah He's like, look, I couldn't get you moved to another room. I'm so sorry. But how about I stay with you? And the werewolf says, it's not safe. It's not safe for you here. Because he's, he's obviously about to turn into a werewolf. So he goes up to his little window, his little barred window that's got so much moonlight pouring through it. And he hears the howls of the wolves outside. Oh, no. And then we cut to you that he's dead. Yep. He's died. He's died. Of, quote, natural causes. But the doctor's unquote. like, I don't know about this. Yeah. I'm going to go check out his room. He's going to, I'm going to go look at his room for some reason. And he looks out the window, which I think still has the moon in it. <laughs> of course. It's a long night, guys. And then, but here's the twist, everyone. Are you ready? Are you sitting the fuck down? <laughs> because when he closes that door, it's covered in scratches. It's gouges, yes. He's scratched at the door. attacked by a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Or, then Jonathan Frakes comes, and somehow with a straight face, because this man is a professional, (laughs) is like, so was this true? Was this man a werewolf? Is that why we have werewolf legends? Because werewolves are real? (laughs) Or is it just a dude who thought he was a werewolf? (laughs) Or, did we just make this whole story up? to fuck with you (laughs) questions i okay i somehow think they're gonna say the story is true i think they're gonna say the story is true and that the guy just really thought he was a werewolf i think that's true there apparently is a manifestation of schizophrenia i think it is where you can believe that you are an animal and i've heard of cases where people have like locked themselves up because they're afraid they'll turn into a bear or something and hurt someone so that could be the origins of the story. However, the actual scratches on the door <laughs> the is very puzzling. On the metal door. And I don't think that ever happened. So do I think there's probably been people who thought they were werewolves? Yes. I think that's maybe even the origin of the werewolf myth. I'm not really sure. But I I don't think this, uh, the like, other I reason, don't think this happened. I think it did. Well, I think they're gonna say it did. I think no, I think it really did work for word. <laughs> <laughs> I think that guy really had that mustache. I think that doctor was that casual. I think everything about it. Pure fact. This was just like a documentary. <laughs> okay, are we? We're down to my favorite one. This I is think. your favorite one? The last one is my favorite, but I, this one's really good too. Yeah, this one is something. I think this one's called The Icebox. I believe you're correct. All right. I know that's really the star of this tale. Yes. Yes, perhaps the old whole episode. Jonathan Franks stands surrounded by valuable antiques and waxes poetic about whether our current appliances will once evoke memories of yesteryear. I mean, I guess, yeah. They probably will? Yeah, sure. You can hold your old, 
your old flip phone. <laughs> oh, yes. Those are the the original razor. Yeah. If you had one of those baby fat yeah. uh, flip phones, yeah. man, oh, man. I thought I was the coolest because I had one of the ones with, that you could like flip on its side and push open. It has the full keyboard. Oh. That was the shit. Oh, man. All right. The story opens with narration by the wife of Dr. Edwin, who says that her husband was an excellent doctor, but lately had been seeing fewer and fewer patients. Okay. She could sense that he was getting depressed, so she recommended that they take a road trip to cheer him up. Something that he loved to do. All right. That seems fair. I mean, he does kind of seem at retirement age, so I was like, maybe it's just time for him to retire. Um, Yeah. Doesn't he have all that doctor money? Yeah, I I would assume so. So we see the two pull up to an unassuming building in the middle of the forest? (laughs) Yep. Edwin is grumpy and asks his wife why she wants to go into a place that looks more like a junk shop than an antique store. Oh, judgy. She convinces that uh, him and the two walk past some men digging near the shop to enter the store. What are they doing? Literally just digging. Just like digging. It's like digging a hole. It's like not, doesn't look like a project of any kind. It's just like, let's put a hole here despite how hot it is. <laughs> do, 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 do. Edwin remarks that he can't believe anyone could work outside in 115 degree heat because they were apparently in the midst of a record breaking heat wave. Which is a great time to dig holes to for dig no a, reason. To dig a hole. Inside, they discovered that the store was really filled with dusty old junk, and they're greeted by a very enthusiastic man who calls himself Danny Mac. Yeah, why did we even need to know his name? No idea. He's like, hi, I'm Danny Mac. Welcome to Danny Mac's Antiques. Which is just like a dusty warehouse with very few things in it. Yes. So Danny apologizes for the heat because his power is out. Edwin asks him for something cold to drink, and he's like, no, I said the power was out. Yeah. We don't have anything. For a have doctor, refrigeration. you're a real idiot. But he does offer him some homemade lemonade made from lemons just grown outside. Uh, it's not cold, but it's... He said at least it's wet. I wish I could go to an antique mall, as I often do, and be offered homemade lemonade. Pretty, be pretty made. Also, that's weird to... He's like, well, maybe they'll have cold beverages in there. And I was like, at the antique mall? <laughs> Known for their cold beverages? <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. So Edwin's wife... That part, fiction. Fiction. (laughs) Definitely fiction. fiction. Edwin's wife is very insensitive about his depression and hassles him about his mood. She asks him to at least pretend to have a good time. It's a a very accurate depiction of marriage. (laughs) I did this trip supposedly for you, so could you just act like you're enjoying it whether you are or not? Please? Pull yourself together. You're a grown man. (laughs) You're acting like a child. <laughs> exactly how this reenactment went. Mm-hmm. Edwin is looking depressed and broods over his iced tea until he suddenly sees an antique ice box. He excitedly runs over and tells his wife about his grand- how his grandmother refused to get a refrigerator and how at eight years old it was his chore to carry ice from the ice box to his grandmother's house every other day. His brothers couldn't be trusted to do it. He was given the chore by his mother who knew his brothers weren't dependable. Yeah, so it was very important. Yes, and he, it's, it was so important that it's the reason he became a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a classic tale. <laughs> Mama trusted me with a block of ice. So I can be trusted with the lives of other humans. Doctor. Also, yeah. what kind of doctor is he? Doctor. Just doctor. Yep. Just doctor. Specializes in doctoring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And ice-loving. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it was very important. <laughs> Danny Mac offers them a great deal on the icebox, because they clearly are interested in it. But Edwin suddenly 
loses his good mood and sullenly declines. On their way I out... I mean, in a way, it's like, what the hell are you going to do with that? They were driving a tiny convertible. Yeah, so they're not... Yeah, they... Just good take point. a giant icebox. Where were they going to take that? Throw it in the back? I don't know. Why? What were they going to do with it once they had it? Keep ice in it? I doubt it. Put his patient files in it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> On their way out, one of the workers rushes to them, calling for help for his partner, who'd passed out from the heat. Edwin springs into action, because he's a doctor. He's like, get me my bag, wife. <laughs> get me my bag! You know how doctors always have that bag and shows? He, he carries his doctor bag with him I at all times. I never, ever see anyone with one of these bags, but on shows all the time, it's like, well, obviously, I always have my doctor bag with me. Right. It's like, well, that's weird, because I've never seen one in my whole life. <laughs> Edwin diagnoses acute heat exhaustion, which I probably could have done. They drag the man inside. <laughs> he was working outside when it was 115 degrees. <laughs> They drag him inside and Edwin demands ice to cool the man down. Because, again, he's an idiot and he doesn't remember how refrigerators work. Danny Mac says, I told you, we don't have power and it's hot as Hades, is what he said. Oh my god, I cannot believe I have to go through this with you again. (laughs) The electricity is out. Nothing is cold. I hate you. Edwin shouts that the man will die if they don't cool him down. And then at that moment, Edwin's wife notices that the icebox is leaking. Drip. Drip. She runs over to it, throwing open the door, and discovers a block of ice inside. It's a miracle. That's right, everyone. Phantom ice. (laughs) It's even more of a miracle because (laughs) I know (laughs) they have enough ice suddenly when they break it up to To fill an entire bathtub. To fill like a gigantic old clawfoot tub that they put the guy in, like a one foot by one foot block of ice. She opens it up and she's like. Honey, there's ice in here. And he's like, what? Why are you talking, woman? She's like, look, I found ice, the thing you need. And he's like, that's perfect. That one, yeah, cube of ice will fill this entire bathtub to cool this man down. (laughs) Once they break it up, there's so much crushed ice that it fills this huge bathtub. Yep. It's mm-hmm. a miracle. It's but a it's miracle ghost ice, ice, so... You know that thing where Jesus had those fishes? <laughs> and those loaves? It's kind of like that. But with ice. Yeah. And if it was a ghost ice. Yeah, it's the miracle of the ghost ice. So they saved the man's life with the ghost ice. <laughs> and... <laughs> what a sentence. What a sentence you never thought you'd say. The man survives and Edwin pulls is pulled from his dark depression. But there's a final twist. As Edwin and his wife embrace in front of the open icebox, Edwin notices <laughs> that the icebox has his initials engraved in the side because it was his grandmother's. The very icebox that made him become a doctor <laughs> now has saved a man's life, Jesus style. This is the most bizarre. This is the most bizarre collection of phrases I've ever I've ever uttered. One of the best stories I've ever heard. <laughs> I think they should make a full movie out of it. And it's going to make Citizen Kane look like shit. Because it's just something just everyone ghost can relate to, you know? Yeah. Like, everybody's had an experience like this, where they needed some ice, and then an icebox started dripping, and then they found the phantom ice they needed. What a shitty icebox. It's not, like, leak-proof. Well, at some point they said they had been dropped off the day before... So I think that was supposed to be an explanation of why there was ice in it, but why it's leaking. Yeah, that just means it's kind of crappy, I think. (laughs) That guy was right not to buy it in the first place. 
But I think then they did buy it in the end. They did buy it in the end because it was, yeah, a family heirloom. And Jonathan Frakes asks us if we think it's a coincidence that he ended up in the same antique store with his grandmother's icebox that made him a doctor and... I mean, I think his medical schooling probably made him a doctor, but, like, the icebox <laughs> nope. is what inspired <laughs> the him. The icebox handed him his diploma. <laughs> well, he, he, you know that you do that thing, you move, you move the, tassel. the tassel? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it was the icebox handing him the diploma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just said, congrats on being a doctor and all of that student loan debt. And he said, thanks, Icebox. I couldn't have done it without you. Okay, do you think this one's fact or fiction? <laughs> I really, really hope they claim this is fact. I think this I, one has, like, the most chance of being true, because it, if someone, if it was dropped off the day before, it could have still had ice in it. And maybe they did suddenly need ice. Maybe in the real story, they just wanted ice for, like, a cold beverage. <laughs> but, like, they decided to play it up in the... <laughs> In the episode for the Save ice, a Man's Life. The ice filled an entire gigantic bathtub. <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to say that it's true, and that makes so. me really happy. I think so, too. Okay. All right, we're fact on this one. Okay, are you ready for, <laughs> are for this you, next is one? Is everybody ready to rumble? This is this is wild. Now we cut to Jonathan Frakes cooking. A, a, he has a ton of vegetables just in a pile, and he's just, like, kind of chopping them while wearing an apron. <laughs> he's wearing an apron. And then he's, like, basically says, did you know that people cook their own food? <laughs> I don't, because I'm a celebrity. But other people make food and put it in their disgusting mouths. Oh, my God. Did you see the Christy Teigen thing on Twitter where she was talking about what it's like to be a celebrity? I saw that, that they get to go to a different airport. A different terminal. airport? Yeah. That was wild. But then everything I, else was things you could have guessed. Like they oh, they have a rotating staff of four nannies, of course. But like the the airport one was wild to me. Yeah, that is. I I can't believe I didn't know that. I guess it makes sense because you don't see celebrities just like standing in the TSA line. But sometimes you do. I guess maybe they don't want to pay for the membership or they don't care. But or they're running late yeah. or something. I don't know. They forgot to make an appointment at the special airport. And they're like, oh, I have to go to the normie airport. Gross. <laughs> but then yeah, you get like driven out to the plane and yeah. stuff. That's so wild. that people can't harass you. So people can go, oh, Christy Teigen! Right, right. I just assumed all those people had, like, private jets, but I guess not. I guess, I guess that's, not. W- that's way too many jets. Yeah. Which is, I guess is better for the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrities, if you could all carpool your That'd jets, <laughs> we really need it for the carbon emissions thing. Yeah. Okay? Thanks. All right. So moving on. Jonathan Franks, is, it blows his mind that people make food and eat it. <laughs> And he thinks we'll really relate to that experience when he tells us the story of the gathering, which is about four women that get together once a week to he says to cook and trade recipes, but what they're really doing is playing cards. They trade no recipes. Yeah. So he immediately lies to us for no reason. <laughs> and then we see these four elderly women who are playing cards and one of them is working on making a like pasta sauce mm-hmm. while her friends are there and they basically tell her it's super bland and that she should put more sage in it. <laughs> Don't know why. They just they sit down to play gin running. Yeah, she's rummy. like, all right, it's time for gin rummy. I'm going to take all your money. And then then this guy, this robber, comes by the house. You know how when you're going to rob a house, you want as many people in the house as possible yes, when you're robbing it? preferably a group of wholesome old ladies that are, before you get there, just talking with their grandchildren. Yeah, it's like, it's very adorable. granddaughter wears a tutu. And it's like, my grandson has read a book. <laughs> and then this guy with a gun who's just like wandering through the neighborhood is like, this house has a lot of people in it. I'm going to rob that house instead of an empty house. 
<laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. And he is very cocky and he has bad ha- facial hair. So he, he, they want, the, I think the woman who's making the sauce, it's her house. So she hears a noise at the back door. She goes to the back door, opens it, and it's just a guy standing there with a gun. So I guess never open your doors. <laughs> and he demands all their money and valuables. So the elderly women just dump out their purses on the table. But of course, they're just like full of like tissues and hard candy <laughs> and maybe like $5 between them, right? And he's yelling at them for more. And they're terrified. They're quivering. They say, they're we, so, they're so scared. And he's we like, swear, we swear there's nothing else. Yeah. And he's very disappointed by the lack of just cold hard cash he thought these women would be carrying around these old ladies maybe because they were playing cards he thought they would like bring real money to gamble but they're on fixed incomes dude they're probably paying for playing for pennies so he makes them all go into the basement while he like ransacks the house and as they're in the basement one of them is like oh what do you think's gonna happen and the other lady's like well i think he'll go around the house and take what he wants and then come back and murder us all and <laughs> in they're like oh in a fashion yeah and they're like oh no it's so dark down here which it is not at all it is very well lit <laughs> bright as day it is as bright as this room we are sitting in and so they get out candles and light them and one little old lady kind of kind of shuffles over to the corner, <laughs> lights a bunch of candles. You hear, ladies, this should help. And she hands oh, out the, the little candles. Oh, the candles really do help in this brightly lit basement. <laughs> Thanks. So they're sitting there holding their candles. The robber is somehow disappointed that this house isn't full of, like, piles of gold. I don't know what he was <laughs> expecting. So he's trying to ransack the house. It's not going well. And he starts to hear a chant come from the basement. <laughs> The old ladies with their candles begin to chant. They're down in the basement and they, they're like, oh, ladies, let's let's just hold hands. This so is, they help us get through. We're so scared. We're, We're so, so scared. scared. We're going to all hold hands. So they they put their candles down and they're kind of surrounded by the candles now. They all grab each other's hands and then they start. Oh, spirit of darkness. <laughs> now is the time. Bring us justice from this crime. Oh, oh spirit, spirit of darkness, darkness, now is the time. Bring us justice from this crime. And they chant it over and over again. And suddenly you realize that they're hexing the robber. robber. And the robber trips on a broom. And then sauce gets everywhere. <laughs> he like, the, the hot marinara sauce He's falls like, on oh, him. No! <laughs> And then, like, the chandelier from the ceiling falls. No, it's the, like, thing for to hang pans on. Oh, that's right, that's He's right. He's got, this used to be very popular, I haven't seen this in a long time, but you would, like, over your kitchen island, you would, like, hang all your mm-hmm. pans so people knew you owned pans, I don't know. <laughs> but then that, all the cast iron pans fall on him. And then we see that the women in the circle have a glowing pentagram in the center. <laughs> and this whole time they're chanting this. And yeah. you're seeing him like three Spirit stooges falling. No, oh, no. The time. Not the marinara. Hot <laughs> sauce. You didn't put enough sage in this. <laughs> it's like so upset. And then apparently a neighbor like heard the commotion and called the police, which is a terrible reason to call the police. Don't do, don't do that and then the police find him like knocked out under some pans and the women's still in the basement and they're like we don't know how that could have happened but, but just, sweet old ladies but mysterious things often do happen when we get together wink wink because they're satanic witches this is fucking amazing this is this was the okay. best this is how this is a true story it's weird it's actually a vision of samantha's life <laughs> 
future. We're gonna when we retire to Anoka, Minnesota, the <laughs> Halloween capital of the world, and we get an old Victorian style home. Yeah, and we just pretend to be ghosts the whole time. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have all of our old lady friends over to have to hex satanic. People. I guess it's satanic, but it's also witchcraft. I'm not yeah. really sure how that works, but whatever. We're gonna hex people with marinara sauce. Yeah. So think about that. I knew you do us wrong now. <laughs> we might wait decades, but we will get back at you. And we Mar- forget nothing. Marinara. Yeah, Joffrey, looking at you. I yeah. know you don't listen anymore because of the cackling, <laughs> but you got it coming. We're going to hex you with some marinara sauce. <laughs> that marinara sauce is going to overboil. You better believe it. It's gonna, your, your marinara sauce is going to be forever bland. <laughs> That's you can dump a whole cup of salt in that and people are going to think it is the most bland sauce they've ever tasted in their lives. That is a horrible hex. It is. Good luck with it your... Is. Especially in Minnesota mozzarella. where you eat spaghetti for every other meal. <laughs> Good luck with your mozzarella sticks, Joffrey. <laughs> Nothing will make them seem less dry. No, make all the make all the garlic bread you want, Joffrey. Your marinara is going to be disgusting <laughs> forever. It's just going to taste like ketchup. <laughs> Have fun with that. Uh, this is... I mean, I know this is true because this is our future. This it's a amazing. vision. This it's a amazing. vision of the future. Did you see the twist coming? No, I didn't because it's <laughs> so weird. And then I was like, "Oh, I should have seen that coming." When they start chanting, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then you see that pentagram, and I was like, "This is somehow possibly even better than the Phantom Ice." <laughs> the actresses, these old ladies, do a fantastic job. They really sell that they are just sweet, unassuming little scared old ladies, and then all of a sudden witches yeah i loved it it's amazing i loved everything again this should be a feature-length film so you think this one's fact yeah i know it is because it's <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet sure but it will happen okay <laughs> so okay. should before that was the last one do you have anything else to say or should we run through them okay yeah, and let's what do we a think quick, quick run through all right the race car we think is fiction <laughs> it better be <laughs> the race car one we think is fiction <laughs> Uh, oh, what was the other? Okay, the oh the werewolves. sisters. Oh, sisters. Oh, the sisters. The sisters. The the embalming fluid allergic reaction. <laughs> I think they're gonna say that's true. I think they're gonna say that one's fiction. Okay, so we have a fine. We don't agree on that one. Uh, the werewolves. I, I think they're gonna say it's true. <laughs> they better not. <laughs> We're <gonna be> so mad. <laughs> the, <laughs> the ice box. Uh, true. It's the truest story I've ever heard. Okay. I think we can all relate to that story. I think maybe it's something they, that's happened to all of us. They might say that that one is true, and then the witches. That's 100% true. 100% true. So it's we think that most of, of these my- are going to be, gonna <laughs> be true. It's the story of my life, so... <laughs> Alright, I just need to pull up this episode. It's up to you. Oh, okay. Thank God. Which is which? You'll find out which of our stories are fact and which are fiction. Liz is doing an excited dance. This is the moment of truth. Remember the time we did this and you were so mad that you said you wish you were dead? Let's look back at the story of the race car driver whose life was saved by a ghostly apparition. The ghost car. Okay. See the car. Oh, it's driving. Oh, there's the ghost car. Guys, the raving. Flapping the in the wind. Is flapping in the wind. Chip, Chippy, or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> Chip, <has> Chippy. <laughs> swerve out of control to save his life. The story possibly happened. 
No. According to our research, it happened to a driver on the west. No! <laughs> no! According to their research list. It says facts. Unpredictable Crohn's symptoms following you. We're <laughs> <laughs> still about Crohn's disease. works differently. Finally. How about the story of the battling sisters who fought even after they were separated by death? Do we think this is going to be true? Who fought even after they were separated by death? I think this is going to be fiction. I kind of think it's going to be true. But the stupid race car one was true. They can't all be true. That's true. That's, yeah, that's a good point. All right, fiction. Kevin should be marrying me. Kevin doesn't love you. Kevin should be marrying me, a stone cold bitch. Because I have him. We've both really overplucked our eyebrows and we're gonna regret it later. Styles change. Not, not poor Camille, she died of a tropics disease. No. Public reports, this one was inspired by an actual event. <laughs> According to public reports. That is no, what public report, John. Show, show me us. the paperwork. <laughs> you can tell he's having a little bit of trouble talking about the werewolf one, seriously. <laughs> Oh, it was called Eclipse, everyone. I know you were wondering. Of course. I want you to keep me alive. <laughs> it's even worse than I remember. So you're going to die? Yes. You may think it's strange because death would bring me peace, but I want to live, Doctor. I want to live, Doctor. Life is still precious, even to a werewolf. <laughs> story inspired by an actual event. Yes. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Story of the mysterious icebox that gave the doctor back his will to practice medicine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she sees the drips. She sees that dripping icebox. Oh my goodness, there's ice. A very small amount of ice in here. Liz thinks this one's gonna be fact. 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 There's ice in this thing. Did you think this one was fact? We played a trick on <laughs> <laughs> They can't put this on their Why own. Why would they make that up? It's the worst story ever. Okay, this is true or I kill you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> John, the first, she just threatened you. Oh, the robber fell down on the marinara. Witches are chanting in their crocheted vests. <laughs> What's happening? Is it wait? Oh no! Cast iron pants. What happened on the east coast? It's fact. Yes! It's fact, everyone. Take that east coast. This happened there. Amazing. I honestly am surprised someone made up that stupid icebox story based on nothing because, <laughs> because why? You could have written anything. You could have written the a one story I thought about that was formulaic was the one that was supposedly <laughs> true. Uh, oh, the car. Yeah. yeah. He could have written a story about marrying the Loch Ness monster, and instead he decided to write about an ice. Well, that's true. Someone did that. 
they huh. married the Loch Ness Monster. I'm oh. making this up. I don't actually know. Oh. But I'm assuming someone's said that they're married. There's someone that thinks they're married to the Eiffel Tower. There's multiple people that think they're married to the Eiffel Tower. Well, they, are, they are. They had a ceremony. I guess that makes you married to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. So maybe I'll have a ceremony and marry Ogopogo. <laughs> but you're not... Well, would that make you Canadian? Or would that make <gasps> Ogopogo American? <gasps> Wait! Is this... An amazing loophole we just discovered so I can get Canadian citizenship. Oh. Can we both marry Ogopogo? Canadians, tell us. Is that a thing we can do? (laughs) We can be sister wives to Ogopogo? I think there's more than one Ogopogo. Oh, you're right. right. There was a baby Ogopogo. Okay, there's more than one. We don't even have to be sister wives to Ogopogo. We can just both marry Ogopogos and then be Canadian. Yeah. What are, it's a holiday mirror, everyone. This is brilliant. Follow la Listener Gary, can we move in with you? Yeah. You got hey, extra, Gary. You uh, got space in your basement? Put out some trundles. We're coming. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian uh, immigration whatever yeah. department is like, but you have to you have to live with your spouse. <laughs> but you see, I can't survive underwater. <laughs> So we'll just like have a long distance type of thing yeah, going on. Yeah, that's very um, demanding. Yeah. How do they know what kind of marriage we want? I can't live with Ogopogo all the time. Yeah. That's- <laughs> he doesn't want us to be so clingy. <laughs> he needs a space. He's a lake monster. <laughs> well, I think we've learned a lot about ourselves and each other today. Yes, we have. And mostly, we've learned that the line between fact and fiction can deceive us all. It's a little blurry. As it sparkles into the abyss of the time-space continuum. It sparkles like phantom ice. Yes. Because life is nothing but an illusion. And <laughs> Whatever Jonathan Frakes says. Yeah. An optical illusion? Perhaps. Maybe. I, every time someone posts that um, montage of him saying not this time, <laughs> I watch every single time. Just It's this like little collection of hit different ways he says no and beyond belief where it's like, not this time. No, that was a lie. And I, it's always funny to me. It's never not funny. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, we hope everyone had, well, I hope you survived 2019. Yeah. It wasn't a great year. I hope you held in there. I hope you made it through. We wish you the best for 2020. We hope it's the year you find a magic rock. Yes. We hope it's the year you see an Ogopogo if and you perhaps find a, marry one. Whatever, you know what, wherever your heart leads you is where we hope that you will go in 2020. Yeah, be your best self in 2020. Yeah. Communicate with those aliens, find that phantom ice. If you find a magic rock, please send us some of that through Patreon. Yeah. We, we would appreciate yeah. some of the wealth from your ra- magic rock when you become a strip mall mogul. <laughs> Uh, you have both a candy store, a clothing <laughs> store, and a movie theater. <laughs> well, well, well. Yeah, pass along a little of that wealth our way, because yeah, we've... We'd appreciate it. We've entertained and inspired you. Yeah. Just like I? that icebox inspired that man to become a doctor. <laughs> we've inspired you we've to find a magic rock. we I don't know what we've inspired you to do. Let us know. Let us know, yes. Okay, so we are going to take a couple weeks off. We'll be back in 2020 to finish up season four. Yep. So if you have a listener story of a paranormal tale, now is the time to get it in. Something happens to you while you're home for the holidays. You're visited by a ghost. Maybe he's in a Bugatti. (laughs) Maybe he's wearing goggles. Let us know. You get that phantom ice. You you write that down and you send it to perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com. Yep. And if you, I don't know, 
come and do a great inheritance. You can pass some of that along to us. Perhaps it's you.com or no. Patreon. Patreon.com slash, slash perhaps it's you. There's a slash There's in there. There's a slash, a forward slash. <laughs> perhaps it's you. Uh, you'll get instant access to a catalog of bonus content, including our episode this month about beautiful baby face BD Wong. Yes. Because this is really a BD Wong fan podcast yep and also you should rate us five stars on apple to itunes apple podcast because we haven't we haven't gotten one in a while and i'm like a little bit sad if you have there's not a hole in my heart a great holiday gift would be a five-star yes. review we only accept five-star reviews so if you're not going to rate us five I'm stars i'm a little bit worried that literally everyone that listens to our podcasts and has the ability to leave an apple podcast review has so prove me wrong <laughs> please please we please. Need one, we need some more follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at perhaps it's you we also have a facebook group that's really nice and allows us to interact with our amazing fans and listeners Those five listeners that just keep growing yeah thanks and for being part of the five it's been thanks for your support this year we are still weirded out that anyone listens to the show and it's great we love it yeah thank you thanks everyone bye hug your mothman <laughs> keep them tight <laughs> Yep, that's what it is. That's the holidays. <laughs> Bye. 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 Solve some mysteries, bitch.